Okay, people, it's a new episode of Just for Sport. In this pod, I give props to Frank Hammerhands, his second time coming on the show. He's the sports anchor for WTOP, covering, among other things, tennis and basketball. And he's also a betting man. He's got some hot takes on the U.S. Open. We break down the NBA bubble playoffs. You'll be surprised by the team he likes in the West. And both being from the DMV, we had to talk Washington football team and what the future holds for this franchise and its owner. And we look back on the life of the Georgetown coaching legend, John Thompson. Frank tells a touching story about his personal connection to Big John. But first, it's Haley's comments with our take on the NBA playoffs. We have a new favorite to win the Super Bowl. We break down the new Dancing with the Stars lineup, talk about going down the rabbit hole on TikTok, and our hot takes on, is David Blaine a real daredevil? And should boneless chicken wings change his status from a wing to a what? That's what we're trying to figure out. For the Props Network, this is Just for Sport in three, two, one. Okay, people, it's time for Haley's comments here on Just for Sport. I hope you're excited. I'm excited. Haley, I, I, I got some lines I want to try out on you uh, based on the topics. Uh, I want to keep you entertained. I, I'm, I'm excited. Oh man. oh, man. I'm stoked. All right, let's get right into it then. Okay. Hopefully you have one for the NBA, the Heat, the Heat Bucks matchup. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in your household during that game, during the last quarter. Please tell me how loud it got. I was flipping out. My wife had to say, <laughs> be quiet before you wake up the boys. Listen, I cannot stand a game that comes down to the referees. And, yes. and my dad's a referee. I'm not going to tell you his name because I don't want anybody yelling at him for making bad calls. But um, I just, it bothers me so much. And I felt, uh, unfortunately, that Goran uh, Dragic, there was no foul there on uh, – John, I, I just don't understand why you even called a foul there on the three-pointer. And then on the other side, with Jimmy Butler's last-second shot, I felt like Giannis kind of touched him at the end, but it was well after the shot. I mean, I feel like that there should be some judges that give you a degree of difficulty for being able to kind of not really touch the player and avoid them. Unless he touched his hand just as he released the ball, I just don't like that being, being called a foul. And I just felt like the refs affected the game, both games, uh, last night way too much for Wednesday night. And one was a game seven, which was really crucial with the Rockets. And then obviously in this one, you know, now the Bucks are down 2-0 to the Heat. There's no chance. I think the Bucks are done, Haley. They're done. And bad officiating, 2020, across all sports. All sports. I got to tell you, I went down a rabbit hole today. We got the U.S. Open going on. I'm in Japan, so I'm rooting for Naomi Osaka. And I went down that rabbit hole watching that Serena matchup from 2018. And today, I was just Ooh. feeling it for the bad officiating across oh, yeah. all sports and then as I was getting ready to talk to you I knew you'd have a good reaction a salty reaction <laughs> nothing more frustrating especially if you had money on the game right yeah especially and I was kind of mad because I forgot to put my money down on Lou Dort uh, to be the <laughs> top scorer of the game uh, so yeah I messed that up all right, well, let's move right along. The Tampa Bay Bucks are having quite a time this offseason. They splash, They made a huge splash in free agency. Signing a guy we've all heard of. We know Tom Brady's down there, and I'm wondering what kind of pull we think he has 
with other free agents, he has to be a big attraction because not only have they signed LaShawn McCoy, this week Leonard Fournette announced he's headed to Tampa Bay. If you're a free agent and you've maybe always wanted to play with one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, does Tampa Bay look like an appealing option on top of already having a fire offense? Tampa Bay doesn't just look like an appealing option, Haley. They are the Super Bowl favorites out of the NFC. It's amazing yeah. how any team that signed Tom Brady, you had to know that this is going to be what happened. And our good friend Casey Phillips is down there. I'm sure that she's in uh, just having, you can check out the podcast I did with her right here on Just the Sport. But I mean, Tom Brady just attracts everybody. I mean, depending on what happens with the presidency, maybe whoever loses will go down there and work for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because everybody wants to be around Tom Brady. And he already said he already had the Making America Great Again hat. I don't know. Maybe we'll see what happens there. But I tell you what, uh, Tom Brady is just a magnet for the top stars. And I also think this is the first – like Bruce Arians is win now. He's an offensive genius, and I know he's at a point where he's like, hey, this is a win-now situation. We, only, we may only have Tom Brady for this one year, so we have to make the most of it. Everybody wants to play with him. I'm sure with Tom, he didn't have that kind of, not so much control, but I'm sure he can go to Bruce and be like, hey, we could use this, we could use that. And then Bruce is just like, okay, with the general manager working together, okay, he got, he, he, you know, wearing two hats and he's just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Bring everybody in to surround Brady with a, a quality offense, but then they need to make sure that they, you know, have a solid defense too. To say the least, I saw today, Tom Brady hasn't played with a top 10 pick since 2012. This year in Tampa Bay, he's got two of them. So That's how insane. about that? That's awesome. Line him up. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. I'm low-key happy for him. I mean, he's like Me the too. cool kid in the yeah. in the cafeteria, and everyone wants to sit at his table. You can't yeah. blame them. Yeah, All sign right. me with the Bucks. I'll I'll be a water boy. Davis, free water agent, no board. more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is kind of football related. It's hugely football related, actually. And now that we're looking at you know, the football season in the fall, we all kind of have buffalo wings on our mind. I like plain buffalo. I like mild, but I like boneless wings, Jamoke. I'm very, very basic. You too? Okay, yeah. not too spicy. like to dip them in some ranch. Anyway, a Nebraska man is fighting the good fight. He went to court um, to fight chicken wing tyranny. Um, ah. I, I really don't know how to explain this um, in logical terms. His name is Andrew Christensen. He went off on his town council in Nebraska about restaurant menus listing boneless wings in the wing section. He claims and makes a really good but disturbing argument here that boneless <laughs> wings are just chicken tenders. And what more do we need this year than to debunk the myth that you can just sit there and house wings and not have to deal with the little bones and eating around it? And it's so much more ladylike. I can dig into it with my with my fork and my knife and look. I can look cute eating wings, the boneless wings. But if I can't say that I'm eating wings, that kind of ruins it for me. I don't want to sit there eating spicy chicken tenders. No, but you know what? As much as we're already talking about 2020 being a crazy year, I have to agree with them. They're not wings they are little chicken nuggets for the most part they're nuggets that's what we're eating our nuggets 
but I love them. And the thing is, like, so I grew up a vegan. My dad's still a vegan. And it used to drive me, I will just laugh, not really drive me crazy, but we would have like fake chicken and beef, but we would call it, hey, do you want the chicken tonight or beef? It's like, it's not chicken, it's not beef. We have to come up with our own name for it. Right. Yeah, so I understand Anders. And then the thing is, when you sent me the video and I watched it, and the people <laughs> are laughing at him, and then gushes out, like, no, no, stop, stop. This is really serious. I'm like, no, it's not serious. This is not serious, but I agree. I've been thinking about all the foods that we've been mistaken about, but the wings are the most upsetting, probably. I and mean, there's a ton you can pick apart. Yeah, and time out. We need a ref here. Who eats their chicken tenders, wings, nuggets with a knife and fork? Have you ever been on a date with a very handsome dude and you want to look pretty and you have your lipstick done and he takes you to Buffalo Wild Wings and so you have to look cute while you're slurping up ranch and having okay. a sip of a beverage? Well, Justin Moore just, never asked me being a woman. I understand. I understand you don't know, <laughs> but you got to do it sometimes. <laughs> It's like, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. I love watching the reruns. The Seinfeld episode, when they, wasn't it, weren't they cutting the Snickers bar? With mm, the yeah. pork, I think. Yeah, that's what I felt <laughs> like. That's where, that's where you are. But it's good. It's cool. It's cool. I understand. Justin, well, there's no chance Justin's time. asking me out, though. Mm. <laughs> no, you're, you're pretty enough. You can get away with being a sloppy wing guy. <laughs> okay. Um, Speaking of eating, eating meat, uh, Carol Baskin, allegedly, no, not allegedly, but many people speculate mm -hmm. that um, she perhaps fed her first husband from Tiger King, fed her first husband to her tigers at mm -hmm. her animal sanctuary, right? So she's a legend on social media. She participated in Tiger King, the whole production, not knowing that she would become this folk legend and get this just weird, buzz around her t-shirts, memes, everything saying, I know Carol killed her husband. Well, she was upset about it. I think she tried to take legal action with her second husband, who hopefully learned a lesson or a two lesson about from that documentary. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? ABC is going to make a huge splash in their ratings this fall. Carol Baskin is going to be on the stage for Dancing with the Stars season 29 starting September 14th. My mind is blown, ABC. I am really excited. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm glad you brought this to my attention because um, I have a confession to make. I've never watched The Tiger King and I was watching John Oliver one night and there was this girl on TikTok who was wearing a leopard costume and dancing yeah, to probably. some rap song that's had like Carol Baskin in it. And I think it had a Megan Thee Stallion uh, soundtrack to it. Killed her husband. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that Got one. Got to the tigers. I thought that snack. was the Tiger King. I thought she was <laughs> part of the Tiger King. I was really confused. And some friends asked me to watch it. I tried to get through like five minutes of it. And I was like, what is this? I don't understand it, but I am excited that she's going to be on the show. And I've got a few questions for you. I don't know about half the cast, but can we start betting on them now? Like if I go to I Fox Network, so. right, I can find the best odds. Call we the should. powers that be, get them up on the props network. We should website. do that. They ought to be. Yeah, okay. absolutely. 
but if there's, I, a, if there's a bubble, it'll be like your show, Love Island or Big Brother. Because <laughs> they'll have to have the whole cast together, right? You, yup, yup. But you know who else is competing is Nelly, and he's my front runner. Because he's got the musical background, I feel like he has the rhythm, and that's so huge for dance. So he's my front runner of the entire cast. Everyone else is just kind of like reality star, like D-list celebrities at best. Okay. Um, so I got Nelly, but like imagine- Nelly's on the show. Does he mm -hmm. still sell apple bottoms? Those jeans, right? You know, I don't know where the market would be. Well, maybe this he might does. be the right opportunity for him to- He's living in the underground. Get some jeans out there if he's gonna be on national television on Dance with the Stars. Okay, I have some yeah. predictions for you. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, Tyra Banks as the host, right? This is her first year as a host. Um, mm -hmm. She came to a show that I was a part of on WGN. We did a morning show and my brother and my, my two youngest brothers happened to be visiting and they, they couldn't speak. They were just like, oh my gosh, it's Tyra Banks. I got, I got him to, he got to sit next to her. He wouldn't say anything and just was like floored. I still have the picture to this day with hand is like on his cheek, like, uh, as she's trying to talk to him. It was the greatest time. So I'm a big Tyra Banks fan, but I have some predictions for the cast. Uh, right. NFL tight end Vernon Davis. He'll be great. Shout out to the DMV. I'm rooting for him. Uh, Catfish star. Nev Shulman will not show mm. up, right? It's Catfish, so he won't show That's up. Former Knicks Charles Oakley will fight whoever tries to eliminate him, right? He might so he, okay. Okay. Um, the cheer coach, Monica Aldama, uh, she's going to get annoying real quick. Give me the boot, right? Give me the boot. That's what's going to happen to her. And I think uh, figure skater Johnny Weir will win. He's going to have the best costume. Mm -hmm. He's going to get the biggest following. And he knows how to do moves. He can jump and hold people up yeah. in the air and all of that stuff. That's my take. He has that baseline athleticism, too. Yeah. Okay. He, he might be my sleeper pick, but I'm still going with Nelly. Okay. Nelly. All right. So we'll, we'll be checking in as soon as the season premieres. We'll have to, we'll have to check in every week on Just Nelly for Sport. St. Louis. Okay. We'll check in with Just for Sport. <laughs> All right, next topic, kind of related to dancing because that's half of what people do on it. TikTok, Jamoke. This week, I think I've reached my personal breaking point as a TikTok viewer. I somehow stumbled onto trauma porn TikTok. Teenagers are holed up in their rooms reenacting traumatic events in history just for the traumatic details of it, not, not as a historical study. This is what teenagers are doing. It is bizarre. And I saw someone tweet, someone I knew in high school tweet, um, I really regret the poetry I wrote on MySpace. You're really going to regret the scenes that you're acting out and the dances you're doing on TikTok. Jamoke, I know you're all about TikTok. I am too. You get all your predictions up there. You're a great follower on TikTok. Little plug for you. Thanks, but, thanks. but, Taj is old enough. Do you let him on TikTok? No, I, but I, I cannot, I feel like TikTok is crazy. The biggest issue, obviously, with the, the potential purchase by a U.S. company is their algorithm. And the algorithm is what bothers me the most. I want to see some of these crazy videos you're talking about, Haley. But now, uh, all of the videos that come up on my feed are how-to videos about how to utilize your iPhone better. 
and you know buy stocks like no i want to see the other oh. videos and the algorithm keeps taking me to all of these how-to videos and i feel like does that make me like the older person on tiktok because they're like no. yo you're not cool enough to see that stuff you're you're on dad tiktok i dad somehow TikTok. got on to weird dramatic it is a cesspool for drama i see divorce justin probably overhears me listening to tiktok the divorcee <laughs> drama like getting so into it but it's like a mini soap opera that you can follow in 60 seconds i just don't want the kids on it reenacting traumatic scenes from history but it blows my mind i agree with you though that algorithm if it does doesn't get sold they got to ask for the code. We have yeah. to have forensic people in the U.S. analyze the entire, um, the entire app, all of the coding, and make sure that our info isn't getting sold. Because imagine your 12-year-old, like, sharing secrets like, you know, I know where my mom hides her, hides her party yeah. pills. Yeah. And, you know, China's got a hold of it. What are we yeah. going to do? I, I am amazed that TikTok has blown up as fast as it has. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like the, I mean, it's going to be sold for like $30 billion. It's out yeah. of control. I don't even understand how it can make that much money. That's the part that still drives me like crazy when I think about these apps, like how are they, how's their valuation so high? And the thing is, like I did read up on the, the TikTok, it says the For You page is a heart of TikTok's appeal. It's a product that lets you scroll for hours and still find new and interesting content. I can't find new and interesting content. I keep getting the same thing over and over. You got to look up some different hashtags. I'm going to start DMing you random videos so okay. we can play with your, play with okay. your algorithm. Okay, I need it. I need you it. might regret where you end up. It might also need you. some of those millions of dollars. Uh, so I'm going to develop an app. So you all look out for my, for, for my app. Get to it. I'll be your silent partner. All right. All right. Um, another another weird incident in America, 2020. Um, I, I am a huge adrenaline person, Jamoke. I love um, the rush, horseback riding, extreme sports, hang gliding. Wait, hikes. pause. You said horseback riding? That's an. There's a rush yeah. with horseback riding. Are you kidding me? Really? You're galloping down a hill on a huge horse that weighs okay. 10 times your weight. You really have no control. And you're flying. You're going faster than you can ever okay. imagine. You're right. You're telling I was me horse racing isn't an extreme sport. It is. I was probably thinking more of equestrian. But even then, I'm like, OK, you're crazy. Oh, you know nothing no. about horse racing. Yeah. Was it dressage? That's dressage such a cool word. I should just it work is. that into everything I, I do today. I am getting dressaged. Dressage, yes. Okay. <laughs> That's the retirement home of the equestrian community. Yeah, okay, okay. It is an extreme sport. But, but, Jamoke, any adrenaline rush I'm cool with, but I was watching this video. I don't know how it's not a bigger deal on planet Earth because this guy's a psycho. David Plain, he's a daredevil um, illusionist, mm -hmm. and he's been at it for, I think, a couple decades now. Um, he does these crazy stunts. And he's taken a couple years off because he has a young daughter. Um, and he tried to electrocute himself wearing like a metal sheet of armor um, most recently. Anyway, so took some years off, decided he wanted to do something beautiful to inspire his daughter. So what does he do? He pretty much reenacts the scene from Up 
where they get all the balloons, he floats off into the air. It would be one thing if he just kind of hovered with a big bouquet of balloons, but no, yeah. no. He goes three miles into the atmosphere. It's this whole thing. I'm pretty sure YouTube was behind it. Scientists, um, balloonists. I didn't know balloonists were a thing, but no, they I are. Think. I didn't either. The yeah yeah. So astrophysicists probably. Pretty sure a Department of Homeland Security probably has something to say. But Chimoke, I was shaking watching this video. I I like I can't even imagine he wasn't wearing a parachute. He yeah. brought it up with him and this was part of the deal he put the parachute on while he was like ascending so that's part of the process you're like shaking making sure he doesn't fall because if he falls before he gets the parachute on you know he's he's scrambled eggs um so then he finally gets the parachute on and he's in communication he has like this whole comms team you would think he's like you know on seal team six dropping yeah. in somewhere covert but nope just a man floating up on helium balloons and then he drops down and t takes a nice ride on the way down i think the whole thing took about two hours but here's what threw me he said to his daughter there's this ceremonial thing the daughter's like 10 she attached the last balloon yeah. to his little vessel to lift him up and he said I'm doing this for you. You inspired me. If those balloons pop, if he finds a hungry bird up there somewhere in the stratosphere, <laughs> is that little girl going to be damaged for life because her dad took a very large tumble, hoping to inspire her? Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt that that's traumatic to think that if something did happen to him, that she's responsible because he did it for her. I don't quite get that either. But I, okay, but I also don't, I thought David Blaine was a magician. Is he turned He's into He's an illusionist. Evil, an illusionist? Yes. But there's no that illusion about this. This is just you filling up a bunch of balloons and going in the air. You're not even evil, I mean, I guess you could say you're like the new version of evil Knievel, a daredevil, right? Is that, that's what he is? I guess so. I guess an illusionist is that. I mean, he, he like takes off holding the stack of balloons. And this but took two hours? Two hours. Seeing how high he went, I was sitting on my couch just like, <laughs> <laughs> but thank God he made it. He's all right. But I felt for his little girl, man. That yeah. was tough to watch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're, you know, doing a regular nine to five, okay, I'm doing this <laughs> for you. Have a good day. I'm going to my desk, but not going in the air and balloons. I do like that you said the up part though, because that's the first thing I came, that came to mind for me. And if you didn't say that he was inspired by up too, I was going to say, he just stole it from a movie. Let's see something original. Do Lawsuit. something you've never done before. Swim from from the uh, go swim down the English Channel or or mm -hmm. I don't know something. Well, probably people have done that too. So that's really? not but yeah. something. Race a horse. <laughs> Race a horse. Keep your feet on the ground. Oh yeah. my gosh, I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. But anyway, so uh, that about killed me. That about no. killed me. I'm going to have to watch the video again and see how Please many do. balloons I can put on uh, on like a stuffed animal and see how many balloons it'll take before one of my kids' stuffed animals go in the air. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Anything else, just leave it to NASA, please. Okay, I will. I will. I'm sure I'll get a phone call if it's way up in the air.
Somebody will think it's a child, so that's probably not a good thing. I'll be sure to cut it. I'll be sure, yeah. I'll be sure that I'll cut the string before it gets like uh, two feet off, you know, off the ground, then I'll just end it. Yeah, yeah, good call, good call. All right, we have some, uh, we have some bleak subject matter. 2020 just won't, won't relent. This no. week was tough. We lost three icons across sports and show business. So Tom Seaver, the all-time greatest Met Hall of Famer in baseball, he passed away age 78, I believe. Chad Bozeman, 75, forgive me, um, intersecting with baseball kind of Chad Bozeman, who played Jackie Robinson, passed away. Of course, Black Panther, Wakanda, a lot of the tributes to him that we saw were a nod to his role there. Mm -hmm. um, and then John Thompson, legendary coach of the Georgetown Hoyas, Jamoke, Could, can, we can't take anymore. We can't. No, I mean, it's amazing you know I'm watching basketball and all of a sudden across the ticker it says that Tom Seavers passed away and it's just like another player mm -hmm. Tom terrific like it's just you know I just yeah and, and, the, and the sad but truthful thing of what we're also dealing with is we are in a day and age where everything is almost in the present I don't even remember who passed away in June, in uh, May, April. You know, I'm sure there were other people, legends that passed away too, but living in the moment where we are now, um, you know, we're talking about John Thompson, who in my mind, you know, I wanted a Georgetown, the silver Georgetown starter jacket when I was a kid, my dad was like, no. Um, I, our family, uh, not like we were rich or anything, but, our family, we live three blocks from John Thompson's house. And when I would walk to the park, I'd walk past his house. And it was, for me, it was like going past the White House or like Buckingham Palace. I would just look at the house the whole time, wondering if I would see him look out the window and wave or, you know, come outside and be mowing his lawn. And I'd be like, you ever see oh, him? yeah, Saxa. I feel like maybe I saw him once, but to me, he was like Sasquatch. Like, you just never saw him. Probably yeah, yeah. And Tom Seaver, number 41, passed away. Uh, they call him the, you know, the miracle, uh, member of the Miracle Mets. Um, I don't, you know, claim to know much about him or the Mets, but I just saw on social media the outpouring of everyone that was just sad. And a couple of people that I know that are Mets fans were like, man, this is tough. Um, he just—he was the Mets in the '60s. Yeah, they yeah. dominated. I think they won three consecutive World or three in four years, wow. three titles in four years. And the thing Man. is that what else is amazing about him is, I feel like you know back in the day you pitched seven, eight innings. Now you pitch four and a half, five and a half innings, and then you're done. So he was you know, uh, an icon and a, a legend in that aspect of it. And then to go from 42 to 41, I mean, excuse me, go from number 41, the Mets to 42, Jackie Robinson played by Chadwick Boseman. Um, that was sad too. And I was actually reading a book to my kid last night and it was about Groot and the Avengers. And I got to that part where, you know, the, it talked about the Black Panther and I was like, oh man, I just didn't have the heart to tell him he's five. Oh, so I just, 
I just said, I, I'm not telling, I'm just not telling them. I'm just not yeah. telling them. It's sad. What they don't know won't hurt them. It truly is. No. But it's interesting to see what, I think it was his agent and his publicist um, talked about why he kept his prognosis secret for so long. And it's so inspiring how he just used his platform. People were saying he's just getting started. He was just getting started. Um, trying to lift people up and fight for people who are fighting the same battle that he was and we didn't yeah. even really know it yeah so. we, we didn't and you know at least for tom siever and john thompson you know you pass away in your 70s you still kind of I, I imagine you feel like you lived a full life even if you know you want to go another 20 years but to die at 43 and to not know, I mean, if I can, I don't know, it's worth it making a PSA here, but please make sure you get tested for colon cancer, anything that you feel like, you know, I always try to get a physical. I'm like, give me the full physical. I don't know what it is, but I want you to do everything to see if I'm okay. All and the tests. All the tests. And I, you know, I'm not saying he didn't get all the tests, but obviously this yeah. was, he didn't catch it until it was kind of too late to, you know, to use chemo, have chemotherapy, get rid of it, unfortunately. And that's yeah. just sad. And, oh, gosh, yeah. That's made a lot of people Haley. very happy and touched a lot of kids in particular, seeing that across Instagram and Twitter, all the kids doing the symbol. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Boy, that's a tough way to end Haley's comments. But I'm sorry. Let's pray for some good news for next week. <laughs> let's end it with amazing. He was, they were all amazing in their own right. Yes, absolutely. Three legends. Thanks, Haley. Thanks, Ciao for now. <laughs> Coming up next on Just for Sport is WTOP sports anchor and Leisure Better, Frank Hanrahan. Get his hot takes on the U.S. Open, the NBA playoffs, and the Washington football team. And you don't want to miss his story about the side of John Thompson many have never seen. But first, this brief message. If you're going to bet on the NBA bubble, then why not get some bonuses? Visit thepropsnetwork.com and find out about all the deals running at the top U.S. online sportsbooks. Right now at PointsBet, there's score first insurance. If your NBA team scores first but loses the game, you can get your money back and free bets up to $50. This is just one of the sportsbook deals that you could miss out on if you don't stay tuned to TPN. So check us out today at thepropsnetwork.com and never miss a bonus. Remember, it's 21 and over to bet. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. All right, welcome back to Just for Sport. Frank, thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. How you doing? Good, man. Anytime. Good to be here. Uh, let's start with tennis. Uh, I am enjoying the, not just watching tennis again, the U S open crept up on me. I, I forgot it was still happening. Right, so many right, of the tennis right. tournaments were canceling, including the city open in our backyard. It was like, Oh wait, the U S open's happening. I know. And September's here. And that's usually the, the, uh, the dawning of fall with NFL just around the corner. That was always like that nice little synergy, right? We had tennis wrapping up and then the NFL would start. So yeah, to me too, I was like, oh, 
like Sunday. I couldn't believe that there was actually some tennis coming on Monday. So yeah, it sort of caught us off guard and it's a different, a whole new different game there. No crowd. Yeah. You got players having to go get their own towels. Ball boys are a little different and you got some lines people on some courts and others not. So it's, it's definitely a different, uh, different look. But I still, you know, it still has that good New York City feel with the, the mm-hmm. wide shots and the stadium. So it, it's good to at least to have some sort of um, a semblance of uh, normalcy back with the U.S. Open. So it is good to see that they're playing some tennis in New York. Have you noticed that they are not focusing on, as much as I feel like I heard it in the NBA and NHL, saying the bubble? Mm-hmm. You know, because realistically, like, I don't know how many people know this, but the Western and Southern Open was also played at Flushing Meadow, just on the outside court so they can okay. get, you know, the Authorash Stadium prepared for the U.S. Open. But for essentially, the players have been in a bubble for, you know, a month or more just to prepare for this tournament and make sure all the players that, that did opt in are healthy. Yeah, I, and I, I think to some degree that, actually helps us as a viewer that it sort of eliminates that portion Mm -hmm. because we are all sort of living in a bubble, but it is good to see that people are sort of living their lives normally. So yeah, to your point, the NBA, they make a certain uh, impetus of of showing those tests and where they are in Orlando. And yeah, you don't get that feel. Yeah. And I kind of like that, you know, Mm -hmm. they do show some of the coaches and the trainers and the crowd, et cetera. Uh, But yet for the most part, to your point, it does feel like, hey, they're just playing tennis and we're not going to show you the rest of that stuff because at least we can escape with this for a few hours at least. Yeah, and, and I always thought that tennis was, to me, even more so than golf, the sport that you can easily keep your distance yeah. you know, from your opponent. And you know, even for, you know, outside of line judges, that's the only thing I thought that they would do that they didn't do is to put the line judge on the opposite side of the player benches because then I really feel like you could have socially distanced everyone from the players Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I am enjoying it are you missing that there's no Rafa uh, no Federer in the tournament I am and that's the sort of the downside of this that there are a lot of big names on both sides not in the tournament but yeah on the men's side it is going to be a little bit of an asterisk Mm -hmm. uh, whoever wins this uh, but it will still count as a grand slam (laughs) Um, but it gives Novak Djokovic another great opportunity. Uh, but younger players that need to break through that could get over that hump. Like Medvedev was so close last year. He's mm-hmm. a big time threat. Uh, Pass, I like his chances, but no Nadal, no Federer. Yeah. I think there's definitely an asterisk on this tournament, like everything that's going on, but Hey, at the end, it still counts. Yeah. So we'll see who, who you know, raises that trophy. Yeah, I remember before the tournament, Serena Williams saying, you know, there will be kind of an asterisk with this tournament. But, hey, that trophy, he didn't say this part, but that trophy is just going to sit up there with the others. It's not like it's going to be in some, you know, in the basement away from everything else. Um, The best match so far for me was um, I love the John. I love a five-setter match. And John Isner's matches always seem to go long I right. wish, you know he was the 16th seed he went out in the first round that was sad to a, another American Steve uh, Johnson uh, what what was your favorite match well I mean Andy Murray and his comeback continues and he showed some heart he was down two sets to Nishioka and came back in one and five the guy has just the heart of a lion I'm interested to see if he can maintain it 
going forward because he's getting a little bit older that may have taken a bit out of his tank but for that one match to literally be left for dead and everybody's saying "Uh uh-oh looks like murray's gonna be out in one match Mm -hmm. he had other ideas and he came back with a thrilling victory so that was so far my match of the tournament and andy murray it's not like i really wasn't a fan of his but that remember in the city open last year? Uh, oh he, yeah, it's so amazing. And just as a person, I feel like it's a first time. It's really Andy Murray's first time, kind of coming back into tennis. Um, and I, I'm rooting for him too. Who are your favorites to win it on the men's and women's side? Well, I think you know. I think your your usual suspects are right there: Djokovic and perhaps Osaka on the women's side, but. I do like the chances of the guys I mentioned before, Sissipas and Medvedev, to, to utilize the surroundings to, to make a move, even though probably if there was a crowd, they would be rooting against Djokovic. But sometimes that can work in the player's, player, uh, player's favor that's getting rooted against to get them going. But since yeah. there's no crowd, this is a great chance for some of these younger players to finally break through and knock off these older players like Djokovic. So I, th- I truly think Djokovic is the guy that is just going to take it eventually. But I like some of these underdogs like Pass and Medvedev. And I say underdogs with a big quotation because they are just, you know, they're top five players. And don't forget about Dominic Team, who's the number two seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, again, a great chance for him to do something special. But for some reason, I like Pass and Medvedev on the hard court to knock off Djokovic. And on the women's side, I think we're on the same page with Osaka, 2018 winner, uh, really, you know, despite that injury, she's looking pretty good so far. So I think that those, those are my main favorites to win this thing. Yeah. Uh, on the men's side, you can get Medvedev at plus 600, Sissipas at plus 700, Dominic Team at plus 900, and I've got Raonic. I have him okay. upsetting Djokovic in the final at okay. plus 2,000 is my pick. And, you know, on the women's side, I actually – feel like it's a little more wide open on the men's side. And then as I thought about it, let me run through these numbers first. Serena Williams is plus 600, Osaka plus 333, Kvitova plus 900, uh, Sophia Kinnan, who won the only other major this year, mm-hmm. is that plus 1600. Uh, Azarenka, you can get her at plus 2000. She just won the Western and Southern Open after Naomi Osaka, who unfortunately said that she won when she didn't in my picks, but I still had Nomi Osaka winning it. But the thing is that I agree Federer and Nadal not being in the match is a big deal. On the women's side, you don't have uh, Ashley Barty playing. She's not playing. But I feel, uh, just talking more on the men's side, because I do think it's not so much even on the women's side, but there are a lot of quality players. But there is such a good young core of players on the men's side that it to me it wouldn't be an upset if Djokovic doesn't win it. There, right. There's real talent right. there. No, absolutely. I, I'm with you. Um, he's just so hard to 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 shrug off, right? He's just he just sticks around. He's going to fight to the end, and that's the thing. You just as my man Rudy Tomjanovich said, just never underestimate the heart of a champion. He is a champion. He's got that DNA going. But until one of these young guys break through, and I think again, I think this is the perfect time to do that. Mm-hmm. And it would not be that big of an upset, you know, uh, speaking that way. But it's just, again, trying to get through it and finally knock off one of these top-tier players. That's, yeah. that's the purpose here for these younger players. I was sure. so close with my pick of Dominic Team in the Australian Open. I was so close. Oh, I yeah, can't I know, believe man. it. I was like, oh, my God. See? 
Almost. I thought he was going to do it. Uh, let's, switch, <laughs> let's switch gears to the NBA playoffs. Uh, how much of the games did you watch, not just last night, which were two great games between the Raptors and Celtics and then game seven between the Rockets and Thunder, but that game seven the previous night on Tuesday between the Jazz and Nuggets. How oh, much yeah. are you enjoying basketball right now? Well, see, this is this is always the old um, adage about the NBA. You just got to watch the last six minutes. I literally <laughs> turned on the Jazz and the Nuggets <laughs> last six minutes. I mean, Utah was, uh, was uh, down big, but you just knew Denver, uh, they were going to make a comeback against Denver. So I saw the ending against uh, the Jazz and the Nuggets. And I'll tell you this. Uh, I have no idea what Denver was doing. Yes, you have the fast break, but when you're up by two with like seven seconds left, you risk any air. So you just pull it out and try to get fouled. And the fact that they missed that layup, I almost was like, I wish Mike Conley's shot had gone through because that would just teach a lesson to everybody. Yes. You have the ball and you're ahead. You hold on to the ball yeah. until you get fouled. But that didn't happen. So the uh, the Jazz were up three to one, man. Yeah. They blew it. So good yeah, for Denver. I can't believe it. Right. Yeah. If you and had put money I saw, on that. I saw some of the foul calls last night, which is just just horrendous. The Bucks um, yeah. heat game and then the game seven last night, OKC in Houston. Uh, that, that young player is going to uh, really regret trying to throw the ball at Harden. I don't know what – that was just a total meltdown yeah. right there mentally. So a lot of it is, you know, it's all right here. Yeah. Late going, you just got to be able to take in the moment. And for some of these players, they just can't, and they get tight, and it costs them a series and costs them their season. And the thing that's interesting to me about what you're saying, Lou Dort, first of all, I'm upset I didn't yeah, that, put, yeah. you know, even a little money on him to be the top scorer of the night. With probably, the odds were probably like plus – thousand oh, right. or something like that yeah. but I also am amazed because I was watching OKC and I was just like how is he even taking the last shot right like, I just couldn't understand okay you could say well the play broke down okay I'll give you that but just in general it should have been the ball should have been in Chris Paul's hands at the end no doubt and it just it to me I just didn't understand it and then yeah what you saw was somebody who had never been in a situation probably well ever ever in his life in a game seven in the NBA throwing the ball out of bounds like that's just and he had his balance like he could have turned I'm sure they had timeouts like when in doubt just that was just so strange to me that he made that decision because he wasn't falling out of bounds. He had both of his feet down. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't have timeouts. I'm not sure. Or just find somebody else, you know, pass it to one of your teammates. Like it yes. wasn't that hard. And that's exactly <laughs> what, you know, to your point about the refs that I don't like about any game that comes down to the refs making a, yeah. a call or not. Because, yeah. like, I watched that Goran Ivanisevic and I, uh, Goran Ivanisevic, wow, how did I say that? Goran Dragic. And that was, to me, that wasn't a foul. He no. didn't go up under, uh, under uh, John Middleton there. I mean, he literally went straight up. And I just, you know, even the referee was, you know, Steve Javi, who they call on, you know, he's a retired referee. And they uh, asked him, hey, what did you think? And he was like, oh, it was a foul. I was like, no, it, it, it just oh, so wasn't. Yeah, right. I he just, went against his uh, own, uh, own people. Yeah. Uh, and then the makeup call, too. Like, you knew that was coming. Right? Yeah. And that was a terrible call. Again, I'm like old school. So a lot of people will say a foul is a foul. And I come from the, 
the generation where no, uh, there, there has to be a certain amount of contact late in the game. And you know that as a player, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. end of the game, it's gotta be a major league blood's got to come out, you know, spittle's <laughs> got to fall out of somebody's mouth if they're going to get the foul call. Um, so I, I, in that specific time place and where the series is at, it's got to be really egregious, in my opinion, yeah. for foul to be called. And the fact that it wasn't really even close is, is frustrating. And then, you know, they put out this last-minute report saying, well, Antetokounmpo had his hand on the dude. But this is after the guy had shot the ball. You know, sometimes I, I, I'd love the NBA to get rid of all that stuff because basically yeah. it's just covering up a mistake. Like that – why even do that, right? It's, yeah. it's, we've had this discussion before about replay in sports. Mistakes are going to happen by players and by officials. But when you try to overly explain a certain situation, that almost makes you look guilty. So I wish they yeah. would get away with a two-minute report. I wish they'd get away with – get rid of replay. Just let things happen and we'll go from there. I don't even know because I actually did not see the game live, but you in the last two minutes, a team cannot challenge a call, correct? Like, or no. did they? I don't know. So yeah, I don't even know the rules. Yeah, no, it's like the, the you know, I mean, you could obviously go to the rest, say, hey, are you going to look at that? I remember Chris Paul, you yeah. know, um, the play before the final play, he was trying to call a, uh, well, on that blue door play, he was trying to call a timeout. At the same time, the ref had oh, called yeah, foul. You know, like all of that is just, it's almost confusing. You're like, what, what is going on here? How, how are you discerning right. these rules? And obviously that's why the refs get paid because they understand the rules, but it just seemed like it was just too convoluted and it takes away from the drama of the last two minutes of a game. And look, it's yeah. like 12 minutes to end the game. Yeah, I heard the last two minutes or like the last two seconds took like 10 minutes. It's, it's, it's I mean, insane. It's just, it's just too much. Um, yeah. What what player or series have you enjoyed so far? Let's see. Well, yeah, the Jazz Nuggets series was fantastic. Um, I do like the fact that, you know, you see teams uh, like Miami who really weren't given that much of a shot. Everybody had the Bucks coming out of the East. Mm -hmm. I like what they've done so far with that 2 nothing lead. Um, I, I ultimately actually have Houston winning, so I was I was happy to see them yeah. knocking yeah. off Oklahoma City, but now Houston has the LA Lakers right in front of them next. So yeah. <laughs> we shall one. see. But yeah, it's um it's been interesting. My 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 watching has been in and out. Mm -hmm. It's definitely different because of our situation. It used to be appointment viewing when it was yeah. just everything was normal. But yeah. now it it still has a bit of a summer league feel. Um, and it's a little strange with those virtual fans and piping in the crowd. Yeah. Um, so I think as like a, a purist, it's a little different for me, but then it is old school. It's just getting in the gym and, and, and su uh, suiting up and getting those laces tied and playing. So, um, I am very curious as to see what moves forward. The Clippers had a, had a good series with Dallas for the most part until, well, that, that Jonkic shot was great. And I thought that actually would turn the tide and it, it did yeah. not, and the Clippers went in six. So yeah. uh, it's been, you know, it's been pretty entertaining for the most part. But I think some of the best is yet to come. Specifically, I think the Rockets Lakers is going to go far. Yeah, it's like it almost it woke up the Clippers that they were just mad that there was yeah. the tension on Luka Doncic. Like, no, we got <laughs> to shut this down. We've had enough of this. Um, who are your predictions to to win it all? I'm not so much yeah. disappointed in Toronto. 
I just think that the Nets weren't enough of a challenge for them. And yeah. they just breeze right through, you know, technically the Celtics did too, but Philly is a better opponent. It's, uh, you know, I know they didn't have Ben Simmons, but I feel like Celtics, the Celtics were just more prepared for this round and Toronto's just not. But yeah, who's having the East and the West winning it Celtics, all? The Celtics look really good, right? Mm-hmm. They have a chance to go up three zip. Um, Toronto right now certainly, for all the chatter about, hey, we're just as good without um, Kawhi Leonard, is because these are the moments where you need that that big time alpha score, and I just I just don't think they do. Um, you know, Lowry is is a short point guard who is a good second. Uh, uh, big, you know, 1A, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But if Siakam can't get going, uh, you know, they need – they're missing that, that third guy right now, which the Celtics have. Yeah. And they got, they've got some serious firepower, right? Kemba Walker yeah. stepping right in uh, with, with Tatum and Brown and, and uh, Smart playing good defense. So they look like a real stellar team to come out of the East. And the Bucks, who everybody thought was just going to run rough shot, really starting to struggle. And I'm I not exactly sure why that is. I haven't seen enough of them, but I think maybe they were sort of believing like, hey, we're going to – we just got to show up. So they got to dig deep here because they too are in, in real danger of, of being down three zip yeah. in this series. I think Malcolm Brogdon not being on that team is oh, yeah. is the biggest part of why they're struggling. I think he he was, if I can say it like this, to me he was Fred Van Fleet, Van Vliet mm-hmm. for Toronto. Yeah. He was he, he was a glue guy and they're missing that. And it's unfortunate because you obviously can't get him. I guess you technically you can get him back if you tried to trade for him, but realistically, that's what I think is wrong with Milwaukee. And um I, I do like the Celtics. I think defensively they can also handle if they if both teams get that far, I think they could easily handle Giannis. I think they'll have a tougher time with the Heat. Um, Because it does look like right now it's going to be Celtics Heat are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, and in the West, I like, uh, like I said, I like the Rockets for some reason. I think that even though Harden struggled last night in another Game Seven, (laughs) (laughs) this sort of surrounding is good for Houston because they they've known to uh, his defense though. His His defense defense. on the block though. I mean, come on, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We came up big, but um, the Lakers they they do have. so much firepower, but I like the Rockets up and down style. And, and with Westbrook now back, this should be a great series. Um, and now you got the Nuggets and who am I forgetting? And the and Clippers. Think, yeah, the Clippers, right, of course. Yeah. So I'm thinking my predictions, I think Clippers and Rockets in the West. That's sort of what's, – what's the Rockets number right now? What, what can I get them at? Like, Oh, uh, my gosh. Uh, so, I, like, okay. I like that underdog approach. Yeah, here's the thing, all right? If you want if you think the Rockets are going to win the championship, you can get them at plus 1200. Okay. All of the numbers are in plus. Clippers at plus 230, Lakers at plus 275. Uh you can get the Denver Nuggets at plus 4000, uh which we're not talking about them, but the Bucks at plus 700, but people are falling off on the Raptors a little bit, maybe they're at plus 2000. Wow, okay. But I like yeah, I like these odds. That's good. That's good stuff because there is no overwhelming favorite, and that's always good. So I like that. I mean, I think the the Lakers um, Celtics would be the dream matchup, right? <laughs> Go yeah. old school in the bubble. <laughs> and if you want that Celtics Lakers matchup, you can get that NBA Finals matchup at plus four seventy five. 
Okay. That's that's pretty yeah, good. That's not bad. That's not yeah. bad at all. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, I, I think it's I think well, I would say it's leaning that way, but I, I think I would go Celtics Clippers and you can get that at plus four twenty five. So yeah. still, okay. still really good odds there. Yeah, the yeah, the Clippers are good too. Goodness. Yeah, it's just it's such a toss up, right? Which yeah. which makes that at least a little more interesting because in the past we've just we've known almost we've had that 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 hunch of who's going to be in the finals with Golden State just dominating every year. So at least it's good to see that there is some parity right now. That's yeah. And speaking of that, before I switch topics here, I'm really looking forward to the NBA season next year when you have a healthy Golden State in the Brooklyn Nets. We'll hopefully have Kyrie and KD. You think the league is good now? I feel like next year it's. Yeah, it's anybody's ball game. There's so much talent on so many teams. Whereas I feel yeah. like three, four years ago, we were saying, "Oh, there's only one team Super that has deep. all the talent." Yeah. Two yeah. teams, right? And now Steve Nash is the head coach of Brooklyn, so that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that adds another little interesting element. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, we're both from the DMV, mm-hmm. so we know Washington and football is, you know, it's right up there. It's the number one topic, and we're talking about the Washington football team, and you know there are three letters that come to mind when I think of what's going on right now in Ashburn is WTF. Like, <laughs> what is happening to the WFT We've got the story of the mistreatment of the female employees that have been marginalized and sexual harassment and discrimination. We got the hiring of the first ever black team president in the NFL in Jason Wright. Julie Donaldson uh, is a senior VP, first woman in that role as uh, in the broadcast, running the broadcast department. Uh, and the, the three executives that were fired after the Washington Post story came out, should Daniel Snyder sell, mm-hmm. the team name, uh, moving back to D.C. is a possibility. There's so many stories here, Frank. Uh, where do you want to yeah. start? I don't even know where I want to start. It's overwhelming. Hey, uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins is a starting quarterback. Yay! Yay! Uh, How about that? There's just too much going on. Um, it's interesting, man, because I – you know, I worked uh, with the radio station that was owned by Daniel Snyder many years ago, probably mm-hmm. 12 years ago. So Red I spent a lot of time at Redskins Park, and, and quite frankly, um, it is, is, it is a, a toxic environment. It's not, not a happy place. And this is because, A, they weren't winning at the time, but there's just sort of, it just sort of felt weird and awkward. And, and that was from being an outsider. So I could only imagine it was probably just as strange or maybe even stranger as an insider. And I know some of the people that, you know, have come forward and and talked about uh, the organization. So, um, you know, a lot of what is being said, I I'm sure, I'm sure is true. And how much of that will impact the ownership moving forward is going to be big with Roger Goodell putting in this investigative committee to go inside the Redskins organization, excuse me, Excuse, sorry, the you, you can't <laughs> help, football right? team organization. There's just yeah. another one of those things. Um, and, and look, you can always. What's the old saying? You can put lipstick on a pig. And I think right now, as a skeptic, and knowing this organization, and we've always said this from years ago. You know, as long as Daniel Snyder's in charge, he's mm-hmm. in charge, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you can bring in people underneath you, and they can say all the right things. And they can say the culture's changing, but then it's like, hey, wait a second, I'm paying you 
yeah. to represent me. So some of the stuff I see on Twitter, I'm like, the people that he's hired are sort of going against him almost. Yeah. Right? Have you, mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's just a strange dynamic too. And if he can deal with that, because they hired a guy a couple of years ago to head up the re-engagement with the fans and, and to, to change the culture. And guess what happened? Six months later, he was out the door. Yeah. Now with these latest allegations and uh, the continuing discussion about being a toxic environment, I doubt that, that these changes will be made that quickly. But I'm curious to see if the investigation into sexual harassment comes back and they say, yeah, there was some, but not enough to remove Snyder from ownership. How much will really change moving forward? That to me is, is very curious because we've had coaches come in here too that we're going to change the culture in Shanahan, right? He had, <laughs> he had full control. So <laughs> that went. So I'm very skeptical of all of it. Yeah. Uh, as long as that guy is in charge for sure. I mean, heck, we'll he brought see. back Joe Gibbs. He brought back Joe right, Gibbs. Gibbs. Thought like, oh, hey, <laughs> everything's going to change. It's like, no nothing has changed. And obviously with regards to the secret video, Daniel Snyder's denied all allegations involving him personally, but there's just too much going on right now yeah. with this team. Yeah. I mean, as I was going down the list, I didn't bring up, you know, Ron Rivera has cancer now and, and what that means for him on the sideline and Alex Smith being cleared to play football again. And right, even though, right. you know, you know what, do you remember, remember the, the, the show, what was it? Uh, it was on ESPN. Uh, what was it called? Where it was? Oh, you talking about that teams. fictional football show? Yeah, where oh. like it was so outlandish. And yeah. Everybody, was, but in reality, it wasn't outlandish enough because it's so. <laughs> what was that called? What was yeah. that show called? Man, it you, was. Oh my gosh! Now I'm gonna have to. Playmakers, I'm, playmakers, playmakers, right? playmakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. everybody was wild and doing this and that, and you're thinking, "Oh, this can't be real," and then we see it's just as accurate or probably not as accurate as, as any NFL team. No, and I think the coach had, I think the coach had like leukemia in the, in the it, show. It, it's, and the it, running back was on drugs and they were white beaters and all this stuff. Like it's, it's real. Yeah. It's really oh real. And I tell you what, if there's ever a year that they're probably glad they're not on uh, hard knocks. <laughs> the year. And did you, I couldn't even watch five minutes of Hard Knocks. It was so boring. It was just like, which is good, yeah. but it was all like just the players getting tested and how everybody was dealing with it. And I'm like, yeah, I get it to a degree, but I want to see some more of the inside stuff. Right, but, right. You know, it was probably very difficult for them to keep going with that show, but for, right. you know, hey, Washington football team, next year it may be good for them to have Hard Knocks there to kind of – get in the I don't know if there's a way to get into the good graces but with yeah. the new low you know the new uh team name that has yeah. to come out soon uh, and the possibility of moving to DC in the end do you see Daniel Snyder being forced to sell or do you see what's coming first Daniel Snyder being forced to sell or the team moving back into a stadium in DC oh I think DC will be first I think that'll be the way that he'll save his hide I think that's one of the reasons um they brought in the new guy uh i think yeah they'll be back in dc before he's forced to sell absolutely because again i just don't know if they have see and we don't know like these days you know what is enough mm -hmm. because if he survived all of this up to this point like that cheerleading scandal a couple of years ago was just yeah. dropping right yeah it and was nothing came of it because yeah. he had other folks saying that no, no, that never happened mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, what is going 
to have to take place to remove him. I just don't know if this is enough. Maryland and Virginia and D.C. are going to have to team up and say no new stadium anywhere in either of the two states or in the city unless he's no longer the owner. I think right. it's going to take something right. drastic like that, mm-hmm. you know, where money is at stake because obviously he doesn't want to stay at FedEx Field. And, and then we're talking about that business aspect of it. If FedEx says, hey, enough is enough, we're not going to support this guy yeah. who anybody could – can say, you know, hey, I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with that because if you're not recorded and you, there's no proof or evidence, you can easily say, hey, I didn't know anything about this secret video. Right. You no, know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's going to be really tough. And, and I don't think this is the end for the Washington Post's stories and the number of people, especially now that Daniel Snyder, which I think was a smart thing to do if you really want to fix a culture releasing current and former players, uh, employees, excuse me, and probably players too, out of their NDA, non-disclosure agreement, to be able to talk open and freely so that you can have a real conversation about what's going on within our organization and what we need to do to make it better. That is the way that you really fix it. And I do have to give Daniel Snyder credit for that. Even if it was the NFL and Roger Goodell saying, you have to do this because Beth Wilkerson, like, whatever we can't have an internal investigation it's not a real investigation but him doing that to me is the first is one of the first big signals Mm -hmm. of a clear delineation between someone who's hiding something and saying fine just put all out there and we'll Mm -hmm. fix it yeah no i'm with you on that um yeah i can't give him that much credit in terms of all of the incidents and what's been going on for 20 plus years 21 years years. i can't believe it um but yeah so Right. On the surface right now, okay, he's being more open and available to this investigation. But what will mm-hmm. they come up with is, you know, that's going to be something to see. We've already heard some rumblings. Obviously, there's some, some stories out there already. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're going to hopefully take a deep dive and really get to the bottom of this. And, and, again, that's the whole point of this moving forward is for so many years there had been issues and murmurings and chatter about how bad it was out there yeah and we kind of all sort of suspected it and now we're actually going to find out that this is actually the case Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and story i don't know it's i mean i remember remember when it was like everyone was reporting and even on top was like hey a story something's about to happen here and when that story dropped it's almost like i was thinking that more was going to drop at once this drip is almost worse. It's worse. It's story. Right. Oh, I know, okay. right? Because you're thinking, right? At the time, you're like, okay, yeah. And another story comes out. There could be, there could be more. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And let's hope that something positive comes out of what is the most negative time. I feel like the darkest time for this franchise and and biggest transition for the Washington Football Team. Um, uh, we had uh, a devastating loss, as as you know more just for the basketball community, but especially more for mm-hmm. us that are D.C., Maryland, Virginia natives and the passing of the Georgetown basketball legendary coach yeah. John Thompson. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you heard about it? And yeah. how did you – yeah, I'm wondering, like, when you had to do your report mm-hmm. on WTOP, what was going through your head? Like, was it a play, a moment? What yeah. clip did you run of John Thompson? It's like, 
for me personally, because uh, uh, as you said, growing up in D.C., one of my earlier memories was being very upset when they lost to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think I was like eight or nine or no, God, I could have been younger than that. I think I was nine, 1982. Mm-hmm. So that was my first thought about coach was being so close and not winning it and then winning it two years later against Houston. And of course the towel over his, uh, his uh, jacket. <laughs> it's funny because in high school we used to like, um, I don't know if make fun of, but we used to talk about our coach behind his back. Like, look at him. He, cause he would do it too. Right. <laughs> like that's sort of an original move. Like don't come up with something of your own style. Like you're just fighting off of John Thompson. Now I know other coaches did it too, but like with coach that was, that's what I remember. And then from a personal note, uh, you know, I worked with him for a couple of years and he was just very gracious. And, you know, a lot of people always say, oh, they're so intimidated around him. And for some reason, I never felt that way because I almost felt like I knew him from, from watching him for so many years. I knew that he was not the biggest fan of media, but he was more than generous to me. And in fact, when I was fired, he was uh, – really upset and he brought me into his office and we talked for many minutes and he you know gave me all of his information and was like if you ever need anything you know you let me know and his big voice as you can almost hear it right now like you know stern and looked me in the eye and was and was very caring mm-hmm. and that that stuck with me too in terms of my relationship with him personally mm-hmm. uh, and all the stuff that he stood for he was ahead of his time in terms of uh, social justice. Remember Prop 42 and walking off of the court before the game uh, because he felt like this this new uh, testing system was was not uh, very fair to minority students. So he he was really a, just a, a a worldly fellow, man. He he was very not only was a great basketball coach, but he knew what was up, right? Yeah. Like he he had his his tentacles everywhere. So and and and, and the at the end of the day, he was just a, a real teddy bear, man. And I think yeah. that almost misunderstood mm-hmm. is almost fair to say, because like, as I knew him, I was like, you shouldn't be intimidated by this guy. He's, he's just a good dude. So it was very yeah. sad to see him pass. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he meant everything for me in basketball. Like I wanted to go to Georgetown. <laughs> to me, I joke, we joked that it was like, we thought Georgetown was a HBCU. Like, yeah, like, yeah, we're going to Georgetown. Okay. See, the funny thing is as a, as a white guy, like we just, you know, we were like, Oh, Oh, I thought, you know, like, I didn't know that was mostly white school. <laughs> yeah, <no way. laughs> yeah. That's it. You know, like for me, it was just like, uh, I just never thought, I thought that Georgetown was just, you know, the greatest basketball farm ever, you know, and funny thing is like, I feel like everyone talks about, uh, you know, Morning, Matambo, Ewing, Iverson, Mm -hmm. but like even the, uh, uh, the number of players that came out of there, uh, the David Wingate, which, wow, David Wingate. Floyd, Reggie Williams. Yeah. 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 You know, just then you had your later, 
Oh my gosh, just thinking yeah. of all the names. And the crazy thing, I remember also when there was a Alonzo Mourning and there was a the controversy with Rayful Edmonds oh, and yeah. like, oh, trying to, you know, he was the biggest drug dealer in DC. I mean, he was a kingpin. And John yeah. Thompson was trying to get him to like cool out and, and stop associating himself yeah, yeah. With, the, with the university and understand that, hey, you, you, there, there's an issue here with what you do. And you think that's okay to bring that to our basketball team? And at the same time, I don't want to speak for him. Like I know exactly what was going through his head, but yeah. I just remember that controversy and just, you know, how how deep was Rayful Edmonds associated with the Georgetown basketball team? Mm-hmm. And I know I know Big John wasn't having any of that. No. <laughs> No, I, I saw a clip. He's like, yeah, put the word out on the street. Can you imagine that back in the 80s, getting the word on the street? Like today, you just a quick, hey, I need to talk to you. But like literally the word got back to Rafe Ledman, like, hey, Coach Thompson wants to talk to you. And they like yeah. met. He was like, can you imagine that? Like seeking out a drug dealer to be like, hey, back off, dude. Like, I, no chance. Yeah, mm-mm, yeah. Mm-mm. not at all. And I no. just. Shows you his stat- status, stature. Yeah. It's, it's sad that he's no longer with us. Um, and, and it's also sad because in many ways, I feel like the Georgetown program is just not the same, especially, you know, once the right. Big East ended, right. it's just like it just lost all of its luster. And that makes me really sad. Um, and the other I, thing that's, that's, that's disappointing too, Jamoke, is the fact that we can't have a proper funeral. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we can't do that. There's no... Yeah. Because thou- I think thousands of people would come and pay their respects if we could yeah. do that. Yeah, do and that's really sad. Um, the one quote that I want to end the show on that I thought exemplifies him um, is, and how much he meant to Georgetown and vice versa, is how he said, when I die, if I can't go to heaven, take me back to Georgetown. And I just, wow, that's mm-hmm. just so powerful. Um, and it's sad we lost a legend. I need to go buy a Georgetown silver starter jacket. There you go. Yes, that's right. Frank, thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, I wish you the best. Have a good day. Thanks, man. Take care. I want to thank Frank Hammerham for coming on the show, and I hope he does well with his bets. I hope you enjoyed Haley's comments. What did you learn? Let's think about this. Boneless chicken wings should no longer be called chicken wings, just chicken nuggets. We need that for our children. David Blaine is not a magician. The Bucks will win the Super Bowl, and Johnny Weir will win Dancing with the Stars. Book it now. Thank you for listening and watching on the Props Network YouTube page. Please share all of our content, leave reviews. You can catch past pods and subscribe for the future ones on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and more. Ciao for now.